Okay, we're live. How you doing, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the John Riley Project. And I'm so pleased to have as my guest today, Amit Asaravala. How are you? I'm doing really well. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, why don't you pull the mic a little closer and let's, uh, you know, kind of get acclimated, get, you know, organized. So how are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, excited about the election. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's been a... Um, Surprisingly long season in Poway, uh, you know, longer than usual Poway mm-hmm. elections are, but it's, you know, we're less than two weeks away, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah so we're going to talk about a lot of things going on in, in the Poway election, uh, maybe some of the candidates, some of the campaign finance, and, you know, like we were talking before we got started, you know, just local news coverage of local elections, which is sometimes kind of rare. Right. Right. Yeah. So we're going to kind of get into a lot of different things. So uh, for the live audience, if you're following, um, we invite you to participate. If you're on the live stream on either Facebook or on YouTube, just go ahead and type your comments and questions. Maybe you have a, a question for Amit or you just want to make a comment about what's going on in our hometown of Poway. You're free to do that. We'll read them on the air and uh, just make this a little bit of a community forum. So, yeah, that's kind of the game plan today. Sounds great. Okay. All right. So um, let's get started. So I know you're the the president of the Poway Democratic Club. So take me through your organization and, and what you, you folks are all about. Yeah. Uh, so well, first, and let me say thank you for you know, having me on. And, uh, you know, I, I know we've tried to, uh, you know, put something together, you know, where I've been on, but I, I just haven't been able to make it. But I have Listen to many of your shows, especially around election time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I'm really happy that there's a, um, a, you know, essentially a forum like this for candidates, whatever their political background. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think especially when, you know, we have such vitriol you know, around <laughs> candidates in the last several <laughs> years, some of which we'll talk about tonight, mm-hmm. um, it, it humanizes the candidates. You know, I, I'll, I'll listen to your podcast and even candidates I don't agree with, uh, you know, their, their political stances on things, I'll, you know, after an hour or two, I'll be like, okay, well, that person, I see, you know, who they are. And, and it's, it's really nice. So I really appreciate that you're providing this. Uh, oh, thanks. Way. You know, I've had the same reaction, you know, because <laughs> when, when candidates come in, I may agree or disagree with their politics yeah. or elements of their campaign yeah. platform. But I'll tell you this, every candidate that has come in here is just a really nice person. They're yeah. just, you know, good right. local folks and they're all coming from the right place. They just come at it from different angles. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of, in my opinion, it's nice just to let them just share. Yeah. Cause they don't get that opportunity at a candidate forum or in the local newspaper. So it gives right. voters a chance to get to know the candidate. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for doing that. Sure. Um, so you, know, you asked about the power democratic club. So yeah. we're, we're a member-driven organization. Uh, you know, the majority of our, our members are from Poway. We have, a, you know, some people from Rancho Bernardo and Scripps Ranch just, you know, because they're tied to Poway either through work or family or, you know, shopping, whatever it is. But for the most part, it's it's residents of Poway who, you know, are Democrats. Uh, there are some uh, people who are an NPP, no party preference voters. Um, I think we even have a Republican who's joined us in the last few years, right not on. as a member, but, you know, comes along, right? <laughs> yeah. they, they're, they're interested to see yeah. what's going on um, and they participate. Uh, we're all volunteer. There's no, you know, there's no paid executive director or anything like that. You know, we're all just kind of doing this in our spare time to further uh, democratic values, right? We're, you know, we're, so we're looking at, um, you know, especially around elections, you know, who are candidates that, um, who who are willing to support democratic values and, and, you know, when they're, when they're, you know, 
sitting at the dais, you know, city hall, you know, are they keeping those values in mind? Things like you know, climate and inclusion, and just you know, good fiscal responsibility and good governance, and you know, all the the things that we um, that we appreciate and we look for in in our leaders. So you know, we've actually been around. Um, you know, I think it started in two thousand five. Uh, so it's it's you know, it's been there. Um, and, and we can talk in a little bit about you know how the the voter registrations have changed dramatically over time, mm. um, but uh, I think you know when it was started in two thousand five, the the founders you know really were you know they were really kind of you know a small group right they're on their own. It's hard to find Democrats in Poway in two thousand five. <laughs> yeah, back then, right, it was a little different. Yeah, um, and so you know over the years through just you know the guidance of, of the various you know, boards and, and members. Uh, the the Democratic Club has slowly grown, and uh, you know I took over as president. Uh, I think about four years. I think it's my fourth term, so right after the twenty eighteen election. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know we've we've doubled in size in that time. Um, and I'm not say I'm not bragging to take credit for that, but I'm saying that you know the politics in Poway are changing fast. And right. So you know we're we're there to represent you know all of Poway's uh, Democrats and people who uh, you know align with our values in in uh, politics and democracy. Well, I remember Pete Babich was the leader of the right. group for quite some time. Yeah. And he's a great guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he's still involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's, he's actually is doing a lot of work with the county party uh, in helping organize, uh, you know, like people who came to knock on your door today. Okay. Um, you know, handing out our, our voter guides and things like that. But mm-hmm. uh, And he stays involved in the group too. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's really nice to have that continuity. And, um, you know, I also really respect the work that he and, um, you know, the vice president, um, Farouk Al-Nasser, had done for many years, uh, you know. Now, do, do the Republicans have a club in Poway? So not that I'm aware of. In fact, uh, I think a month or two ago, there was an attempt to gather people and start one. I think a text message got sent out to Republicans in Poway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Carl DeMaio was going to be, you know, the uh, keynote speaker. I don't know what came of that that meeting. Um but yeah, for the most part, you know, I, I suspect that Poway hasn't needed one until just recently because it has just been taken for granted that Poway will will go um, Republican. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, the yeah. voter registration. I remember back in 2014 because um, I was a candidate then. Poway was 45 percent Republican, and um, I think it was. Th- I'm going to make sure I get my math right. 30 percent right. no party preference or third party, and 25 percent Democratic. So yeah. it was almost a two to one between Republicans right. and Democrats. What is what's the balance now? Right. So uh, as of October first, and so you know the the San Diego County Voter Registrar puts out numbers, you know, usually the beginning of every month, and um, you know I obsessively check it every month. I'm sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I've been charting it. Uh, in fact, I, I went back through the records and charted it. You know, back I think ten years, and so yeah, you know, I think ten years ago it it, it was about thirteen thousand uh, Republicans. And 7,000 Democrats and about 7,000 no party preference, you know, around there. Yeah. Today, um, the Republican Party has – voter registrations in Poway have dropped to I think like 11,000 something. Uh, Democrats are at 10,600. So we're within I think 1,000, maybe 1,100 voter registrations of parity between Democrats and Republicans. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And – the rate uh, has slowed down a little bit since uh, Biden and Harris came into office, and, and I'll explain that in a minute. But um, if even at this current rate, 
Democrats keep picking up, you know, 30 to 50 new voter registrations in Poway, whereas Republicans keep dropping 10, 20 a month. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just a steady decline of Republican registrations. That's just amazing. And, yeah. and I know the 2020 election with Trump, that was kind of – there's a lot of angles to that. But, yeah. but I think you're right. I mean California is trending more blue. And then uh, to your point, you know, the demographics are changing as people are moving into town. Um, but it is fascinating. And Poway is one of the few cities that the Republicans have the mayor or have a significant portion of the city council. Yeah. So they they're looking at the numbers too, you <laughs> right. know, and they're oh, looking yeah. over their shoulder, <laughs> and that's why yeah. I, I, that's why I think a lot of the stuff we're about to talk about is playing a role here because right. they're nervous. Yeah, I, I think in San Diego County now, I think Coronado, Poway, and, and maybe it's Santee is a, is the third city that is you know um, a Republican majority in terms of voter registrations. Uh, every other city, uh, you know, jurisdiction in San Diego County is, has gone Democratic. Uh, and, and we saw that um, – to me, what was striking was in the, in the 2020 election went – in District 5 of San Diego, so Rancho Bernardo, mm-hmm. that area, went Democratic for the first time. And uh, you know, so Marnie Von Wilpert is their Democratic representative now, a mm-hmm. city councilwoman. And to me, that's a sign of this sort of – this eastward shift uh, you know, of, of Democrats. You know, I think Poway is likely next. Uh, you know, it's just through – People moving into town who you know align with Democrats, or um, just you know at the same time, the Republican Party is just losing people due to you know some strong policies that that even some Republicans can no longer um, you know abide by. Yeah, um, you know it's it's funny as you know you think of Poway as like a very Republican community historically, um, and we think generally speaking of East County as being very red. Right. right? But, you know, I, I enjoy being on Twitter with all the Padre fans, you know, yeah. and we, one of the running jokes is, is Poway East County or not? Right. <laughs> right. And then some people will say, well, look at your mayor, right. you know, maybe he is, this is East County, but what, I mean, what's your take on that? Uh, you know, geography would put us closer to, you know, connected more to Rancho Bernardo. Yeah. I think a lot of our, our, Commerce takes place in Rancho Bernardo. Obviously, our school district goes west. Um, and, you know, there's, a, there's a, a geographical and transportation difference between us and getting into East County, right? You got to mm-hmm. kind of go through the hills to get to Ramona and El Cajon, Lakeside. That said, um, you know, the, the redistricting commission uh, in California, you know, I don't know if they just don't don't know Poway very well. They're only looking at numbers. But, you know, with the latest redistricting, we are now basically in East County. You know, our our congressional representative is going to be Daryl Issa, um, you know, unless he's voted out. Uh, our, you know, we, we no longer have Brian Mainshine as a representative. We, um, you know, I'm trying to think what else has, has changed. Uh, but, but didn't Daryl Issa sort of get assigned to us when after they read, <laughs> read, read, read the lines after the census? Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It's like so Poway got, you know, kind of moved. We used to be with Scott Peters, right? Yeah. And all went westward all the way up to you know, Coronado. And we were redrawn basically and then lumped in with East County. So Yeah. Does Daryl Issa still live in Vista? That I don't know. You know, he's claimed that he's had a house, uh, you know, in East County. Um, and, and you would assume that he spends some time there. You would hope. 
Yeah. At the congressional representative spending, spending time there. Well, that was the thing. And that race yeah. is both DeMaio and Isa. I don't think lived in the district at the time, <laughs> or at least as far as I knew. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of a whole other story. So yeah. let's, let's jump into Poway yeah. a bit. And uh, I know you contacted me and thank you for doing that because yeah. we've had so many great candidates on this podcast and yeah. it's so much fun to explore. Um, and this news this week about the campaign finance is just some people are really caught off guard by it. For some, it's confirmed people's suspicions. Yeah. Maybe can you kind of take us down that pathway? Yeah. So, um, you know, you're referring to just the amount of money that's coming into Poway races from from outside, right? Well, and the and the way it's coming in and, yeah. the, and the channels it's going through. Right. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's sort of two things to look at. Uh, you know, one is who as an individual is contributing to the candidates. And, uh, you know, for those listening, there's – you know, we've got the mayoral race uh, in Poway. We've got D one. We've got D three. Um, so, who you know, who as just an individual is giving money to these candidates? Uh, and you know, all candidates have to file uh, you know regular filings, uh, and they kind of change in frequency as you get closer to the election. And so, these are all public. They're all available on the city of Poway's website. Uh, you know, and I took a look at some numbers there. Uh, let me share those with you. So it's kind of interesting. You know, typically you you will expect that some some individuals from outside of Poway are going to contribute to candidates, right? Candidates have friends and family and have built contacts and relationships. Sure. Um, and so kind of what we're seeing on average is like, you know, 60 percent, 70 percent of your contributions as a candidate, if you're a Poway city council candidate or a mayoral candidate, are coming from within Poway. And that's, that seems to be normal. And you know, the max in Poway is $250. That's all that anybody can, can donate individually to mm-hmm. a candidate. Um, interestingly enough, uh, when you do the numbers, uh, Brian Pepin, who uh, is running um, as a Republican in District 1 against uh, Hiram Soto, his, his filings um, – and he started raising money over a year ago. I mean right. he started raising money, gosh, you know, sometime last fall I think. Uh, his filings consistently are people from outside of Poway. Uh, in fact, you know, I was looking at the numbers. And I, I don't have these exact, but I think it's like roughly 28 or 30 of his individual contributors are from Poway. And uh, 102 – or no, I take that back. Uh, I think 50-something contributors from Poway and 275 are from outside of Poway. So wow. that's like you know, I think 16, 17 percent are within Poway. The rest are all from outside. Um, you know, even Mayor Voss I think is about like 40 – 40, 42 percent are from Poway and the rest are outside. Mm-hmm. You know, now, I mean, you know, the, both you know, Voss and Pepin have had, you know, careers outside of Poway. Uh, you know, they have, you know, Voss ran for supervisor at the county level. Pepin, you know, used to work um, with uh, Ken Faulkner at San Diego City Council. He was the president of the Lincoln Club, um, you know, big San Diego PAC for a while. So it's not unexpected that they're going to know people outside of Poway, Poway but – it is surprising to see that, you know, somebody running in the city of Poway, you know, their individual contributors aren't aren't really coming from Poway. Yeah, that, that's amazing. And, and, and to your point, yeah, I think some of the candidates, um, especially those that are incumbents or that are well connected, have relationships with their political party right. and a lot of other kinds of donors. Um, but you normally think of, oh, we're just little old Poway. We're right. the city in the country, and, <laughs> and we're sort of this little isolated thing. But, you know, there's a lot of people that have interests here. Now, fr- from a financial 
percentage breakdown, how does that work out? Is it still a similar ratio? And when you look at the money? No. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So, um, you know, as I mentioned, Brian Pepin started uh, you know, raising money last fall. By the end of last year, you know, his first filing, I think uh, he had to do in January of this year, which shows all the money he raised, you know, in I think several months previous, he'd already raised $40,000 at the beginning of 2022. Uh, this is before most other candidates even announced that they were running. So he had $40,000 from individual contributors in his account ready to go at the beginning of the year, which I don't think that we've ever seen in Poway. Uh, you know, city council races, especially once we went to districts, you know, a, a district is, I, I don't know, around 5,000, 7,000 households or voters, if I'm, if I'm remembering cr that correctly. Um, you know, it's not – these are not very big places. You know, even Poway as a whole, is, you know, as we know, right, you know, getting up to 50,000 uh, know, residents, that's only 32,000 voters. Um, so that was definitely a, a big surprise. Um, at this point, uh, I believe that Brian Pepin has, has raised $70,000 from individual contributors. 70000 Right, yeah. And, and a typical – what we've seen in districts is, you know, a ten to fifteen thousand uh, uh, dollar, you know, amount is what a candidate's likely to to raise and spend. Mm -hmm. So to have seventy thousand dollars at this point in the campaign is uh, just a huge sum of money for sure. Um, some of the others, uh, I think. Uh, so his his uh, Democratic opponent, Hiram Soto, uh, I think he's raised about seventeen thousand uh, mm -hmm. at this point. Um, Delta Sparza, who is uh, running for mayor, uh, has raised about, I think, 8,000. I don't have those numbers in front of me. I'm, those are going off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. um, you know, mayor Voss, I believe, has raised 40,000, if I'm not mistaken. But again, he's been mayor for a while. He ran for supervisor. Um, you know, he's the incumbent. Um, let me see who else. I think, uh, you know, Kevin Juza, so District 3. I think Kevin Juza has raised around eight thousand, um, if I'm remembering correctly, and uh, thinking that uh, Peter DeHoff, I think, was around five thousand. So you know that that just gives you a sense of kind of what the, you know, I would see D three is a little bit more of a typical district race in Poway and, and mm -hmm. the amount that is raised and, and needed uh, to run a campaign. And so there. those dollar amounts can only be given in two hundred and fifty dollar maximum donations, right? So to generate seventy thousand dollars—that's right. like you said, to over two hundred donors. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah. And are these candidates, you know, like like uh, Mayor Voss and, and Brian Pepin, are they spending all of that money, or are they just kind of amassing a war chest for right. maybe the future? Yeah. No. So the you know the filings. So California does I think a really good job in requiring detailed uh, financial reports. Uh, not only what candidates are bringing in, but you know, where are you spending that? What are you spending it on? And so you can, you know, like I said, these are available to the public. They're online. Um, you know, these candidates file with the Poway City Clerk and, and they put them online, you know, within a couple of days. So, again, this is off the top of my head. I don't have those numbers in front of me. But, you know, I believe that, that um, you know, Brian Pepin has spent, you know, quite a bit of that. You know, he may have, you know, I don't, I, don't quote me, you know, $20,000, you know, remaining for, mm -hmm. for the last little bit of the campaign, um, which – yeah. Uh, it's kind of funny to say when, once I hear it out loud, right? If, you, if I had $20,000 for a district campaign, that might be all I was going to raise. So to have that left over for a week and a half is – Well, that's like two and a half to three times the amount that right. some of these other candidates have. Exactly. Yeah, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's definitely um, 
you know, District 1 is definitely getting a lot of attention. There's a lot of money. And so what do they do with this money? Well, uh, you know, mailers, um, digital ads, text ads. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people in District 1 have received text messages um, from from the campaigns. Um, but then there's a whole other side of this that we can go into, which is um, aside from what the, ca- the candidates themselves are raising, there's – Money from PACs, political action committees. Mm-hmm. And um, I think unlike we've ever seen before in Poway, political action committees are putting in tens of thousands of dollars, uh, in particular into that District 1 race between uh, Brian Pepin and Hiram Soto. It's, it's uh, you know, I think, you know, there's – I can kind of go through. There's a few groups, but some of them putting another, you know, $20,000, $30,000 uh, into mailers – and in text messages and digital ads just on behalf of candidates. But in those cases, there is no limit, right? Right. Exactly. You know, so uh, an individual or a corporation can write a check for four or right. five figures, mm-hmm. put it in the pack, and then the pack can you know, put out their own messaging yeah. independent of the operations of the candidate, right. but obviously very aligned with similar interests. Exactly. Yeah. So the you – know, the, the rule, uh, you know, set by the state um, Fair Political Practices Commission, right? These these PACs need to be independent. They can't coordinate with the candidates. Uh, you know, they can't be saying, "Okay, you know, let's let's talk about, you know, what do you need? You know, you, okay, you need uh, you need us to send this mailer out. Well, what do you think that mailer should look like? Okay, great. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna do this on your behalf for your your candidacy. It really has to be independent. Um, but like you said, uh, you know, at the end of the day. Everyone's looking at the news. Everyone's looking at public information. Everyone's looking at, um, you know, how how are the opponents doing and what are the opponents putting out in terms of messaging. And so, um, a lot of times, it's almost indistinguishable to you know the the voter at home who's just getting these these flyers in the mail constantly. If they're not paying close attention to them, they just you know all they do is see a bunch of ads supporting or opposing. Candidates. Yeah, and most people don't pay attention. Right. I mean. You know, if, if they do read the ad, they're not reading the fine print exactly. of who's funding it and kind of doing the forensic work to find out what, yeah. the, the, the trail of money. Yeah. So uh, this is just really fascinating. And, you know, I've been seeing, um, you know, paid ads on social media, like on Facebook for some of the local candidates. Yeah. Um, I'm in District 3. And just um, was it yesterday, I think, or was it this morning? I got a text yeah. message from Kevin Juza, huh? but I'm assuming that was coordinated by the Democratic Party. But who knows? Maybe it was Kevin doing it directly. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, usually they will they will say at the bottom whether, you know, it was paid for by the candidate or, you know, if it's, if it's the party. But, but even there, I don't think that there's supposed to be coordination in the sense that um, – Obviously, the the county Democratic Party wants to support the endorsed candidates, so they will be sending out messages on behalf. But um, I, I, you know, I don't know. Behind well, the scenes I think ones. actually um, this one was from Kevin because the text message said, "Hi, I'm Kevin Juza." Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, so it's from yeah. him. Hey, if you just to quickly interrupt, I yeah. just want to talk to the audience. We welcome your thoughts and comments. You know, this is a live stream. This means you can participate in the conversation. So, if you have any comments or questions about the Poway elections, about the political races, or you have questions for Amit that you'd like to, you know, find out more and get his opinions and his thoughts, um, just type in, you know, a text message in the Facebook or the or the uh, YouTube comment section we'll see him here on the screen and we'll get you involved in the discussion so 
Oh, yeah. good. So where do we leave off here? Yeah. Well, so, I, you know, I've, I've been going over these these reports. And so the the PACs themselves have to also file. Uh, and again, this is, I think, a great thing that the state of California requires is, you know, they're trying to trying to shed light on where all this money is coming from uh, mm-hmm. so you know who's behind it. Um, and, and ideally, a voter can then make a more informed decision about whether or not to trust that information. Um, so and, – and, you know, in the interest of, of just being, you know, open, you know, fair disclosure. So the Poway Democratic Club also has to register, uh, you know, with the state and, and file with the city of Poway. You know, you can go look those up. You know, we are a very small organization compared to some of these other organizations. We're – you know, we're just trying to promote our endorsed candidates. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, we've put out some postcards and, and a digital ad, um, all very small dollar amounts. Um, but so there are, though, a handful of, of large political action committees um, from San Diego County that are getting involved in this race. And so um, let me see if I can kind of draw the the web for, <laughs> for those you know who are listening in. Um, and it's it's convoluted, so I'll do my best. Um, and if, if people get confused, maybe they can they can chime in online. Um, so, one of the well, let me. I guess I'll start with this. Um, you know, I, I mentioned Brian Pepin. He's you know in District One, um, running opposed to Hiram Soto um, for the city council race. So Brian Pepin, uh, you know, I mentioned he was um, previously the president of the Lincoln Club, which is. You know, a very large uh, political action committee in in San Diego County. You know, got started. You know, I think a few decades ago as a um, a committee to support business interests. And you know, if you were even today, you go to their website. They still say that you know we're a nonpartisan group. Um, I, I don't know when they started shifting to the right, but um, you know, you know, there's a quote. I don't know if it was a KPBS uh, article. You know, somebody was quoting it as. Lincoln Club essentially is the GOP in San Diego County. Um, they, you know, they have you know a couple million dollars, if I if I'm not mistaken, um, that they work with. You know, these contributions, and they have taken out you know ads and mailers on behalf of candidates all over the county um, and in opposition to candidates. Some of them have been um, you know a little bit confusing to voters. Some have shown up, and you know, some get sent to Democrats, but seem to be saying that one you know democrat is is more liberal or more conservative than people thought or or you know so it, it definitely um can cause confusion mm-hmm. so you know, if you start with the lincoln club uh a few years back the lincoln club sponsored a group called community voices it's another pack basically and in fact the executive director of the lincoln club went on to go and run this community voices pack um now you know at the time i, I think the lincoln club gave it was it was community voices sponsored by the Lincoln Club, and you have to say sponsored by if more than eighty percent of your funding comes from the other organization. Again, this is trying to shed light on where this money is really coming from. Um, so the the community voices pack started getting money from you know all you know, different places, or different people, organizations around the county, and a lot of them happen to be developers. Um, so with the, the Bringing it back to today, what Community Voices has done uh, in Poway is they uh, – in District 3 where uh, it's Kevin Juza and Peter DeHoff, uh, Community Voices did an 8,000 and change mailing um, supporting Peter DeHoff. 
And, uh, you know, so like I mentioned, I don't think Peter has even raised $8,000 himself, but here's an additional <laughs> $8,000 coming in to support him. And, you know, the mailers, if you weren't reading the fine print, you'd think this was a Peter DeHoff mailer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just all about him, big, big photo of him, um, all of his priorities uh, and why they think he'd be good for city council. Uh, now, in the District 1 race, Community Voices is still involved. But what they did there is they gave money to the San Diego Police Officers Association. So there, Community Voices gave $10,000 to the San Diego Police Officers Association, which is another PAC. Now, uh, just to kind of clarify for those of you in Poway, San Diego police officers have no jurisdiction in the city of Poway. Right. Uh, We have the deputy sheriffs, and we'll Mm -hmm. we'll talk about them as well because they're involved. Uh, But, you know, they, they gave money to San Diego police officers. The San Diego police officers actually do get, I think, like every paycheck, you know, a, a chunk of money comes into the association, I'm assuming, from the actual police officers. Uh, you know, so you actually look at their filings. You can see every two weeks there's, you know, like $6,000 that gets put into the account. Um, but then you can also see that there's, you know, this $10,000 that's come from Community Voices. Uh, so there, the San Diego Police Officers Association then, you know, with that money, put out, uh, I believe it's like, $27,000 worth of advertising um, opposing Hiram Soto. Uh, you know, and you may have seen some of these ads you know, out there. They've, they come up on Facebook. Um, there were mailers. And, and these, you know, these ads are you know, Hiram Soto is, is uh, going to defund the police and is um, uh, you know, really just you know, not going to make decisions that are are good for Poway, and he's you know he's not the safety candidate, um, and you know there's there's scary music on the digital ads. <laughs> I mean, it you know it's it's like Halloween if you, if you yeah. listen to the scary music. Uh, so you know, again, I mean, that's just twenty seven thousand dollars that have have come into this race to oppose a candidate from really outside. Um, the the interesting thing is if you follow the money, and this is you know you're saying the. Your average voter at home isn't isn't going to be able to to do all this. I mean, they can, but you know, it takes hours, and you have to sort of understand the the layout, saying your county and who's who, and, and these you know historical connections. Um, but you know, I, I pulled up um, community voices, for example, and they also have to say who gave community voices money. So here's just a few of the names at the top of the list, right? Hammer Commercial Ventures. Midway Rising LLC. Um, interestingly enough, the San Diego Police Officers Association in July gave Community Voices fifteen thousand dollars. So it's just sort of like <laughs> you know, money kind of flows in a circle, and you'll see that in a few other places. Mm-hmm. Um, in May, the Building Industry Association gave thirty thousand dollars to Community Voices. Um, Pacific M Painting has given six thousand dollars. Now, Pacific M Painting is actually uh, the company that John Mullen works for. He's, I believe, the CFO. So John Mullen is the outgoing uh, council member in uh, District 3. 3. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, – and he has, you know, at, at times recused himself from certain votes. Um, but basically, you know, this Pacific M painting is involved in, uh, you know, painting of, of buildings that are getting put up. And so, you know, why – uh, are all these you know, building industry um, and, and builders and developers giving money to uh, community voices 
and and you know why is this money flowing into Poway? Yeah, well, I think we kind of know. <laughs> so right. just, just to go back to the yeah. Pacific M to John Mullen, yeah. the company where he's a CFO. How, how many dollars was that? That was six thousand. And then for Community Voices, are they donating money to candidates outside of Poway, or is this everything you're talking about is just in Poway? No. So yeah, Community Voices does does you know operate you know. Again, you know these numbers. I'm a little bit fuzzy on, but I think because they have like two hundred thousand dollars this year um, so far at this point that they've received in contributions. So, uh, you know that ten thousand they've given to San Diego Police Officers Association is just you know just a chunk of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know I mentioned like Midway Rising LLC. Uh, you know has given money forty thousand dollars. You know obviously that would seem to be money that they want to to give in support of the Midway project downtown San Diego. And so Community Voices is also involved in advertising, uh, you know, and independent expenditures down there and, you know, supporting candidates that support that or opposing candidates that don't, et cetera. So it's definitely, a, you know, they're operating throughout the community, but uh, clearly Poway has caught the attention um, of, of developers, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's... And, and this is, I think, the kind of the running theme in in the races in Poway this election, right? The, the running theme that I think every single candidate has talked about, either saying, uh, you know, I I oppose uh, development, I want to slow down development, I want to question the way that we're doing development, um, or tacitly approving the status quo, right? Keeping things the way they are and, and, and moving forward with what we've been we've started on, embarked on with the current city council and mayor's plans. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of money to be made in Poway if, if development um, continues or even picks up. Um, you know, there are clearly, there's, you know, we clearly have a housing need throughout California and Poway hasn't met its, its housing needs. And there's, a, you know, and we're, we're rebuilding Poway Road. And so all these companies want to make sure that, um, you know, they're, their chances of, of making a profit in Poway um, are increased if they get the right candidates mm-hmm. in office. Right? It makes sense. I mean, because they're yeah. the ones that are approving all right. of these. Well, in one case, it was the voters that approved the farm, but everything else, right. the city council is, you know, essentially signing off. But just to go back to the numbers, yeah. um, again, we like to think of ourselves as little old Poway, right? <laughs> right. And, a, and it used to be a hundred dollar maximum. Now it's two fifty, yeah, right. Right? right? So if you, and just in broad numbers, broad brush, how many dollars are coming from local Poway people compared mm. to outside Poway people, and then all this PAC money? Right. I mean, is right. It, and is there a way you can kind of share what those ratios are, sort of? Right. Yeah. That's. I mean, without sitting down with a calculator here. Hard to to say off the top of my head, but I mean, you know, if you could, you know, if we want to do a back of envelope type of calculation, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, let, let's say that that every candidate, you know, let's say they all spent twenty thousand dollars, and obviously that's more because some of these candidates haven't even raised that much, right? But you know, you've got, you know, what is that one, two? You know, I think eight candidates that are actively um, raising money. I know there's a couple other mayoral candidates that haven't really yeah, raised any I, money. I'd say eight is active. That's about right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? three for mayor, two yeah. for district one, and three for district three. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, even if all of them, you know, on average, it was $20,000, right? You know, take take Voss and, and Pepin's money down a little bit and, and bump up everybody else. Uh, you know, that's $160,000 um, that, you know, now of that – if half of that is from Poway, 
people. That's you know forty thousand or what did I say, hundred sixty, you know eighty thousand dollars. The other half is eighty thousand from outside of Poway, and then you've got, you know, uh, it looks like you know it could be another thirty, forty, you know, fifty thousand dollars coming from from outside of there as well. So you know the majority of money is actually from from outside of Poway or from PACs or from businesses that have you know want to do business in Poway uh, or hope to profit from it, rather than just individuals, right? Just just residents of Poway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think in an ideal scenario, right? When we all, if you, and I think on both sides, you know, of Republicans, Democrats, whatever your your political leaning, I think we all thought of like what is our ideal sort of process for an election look like? I assume that most of us would say, yeah, you know, we, we would hear from the candidates who are running and, you know, hear their qualifications and, and what they would like to accomplish, accomplish, what they would like to change, and we'd make a decision based on that. Mm-hmm. But that's just not the case, right? I mean, we are we are in a, a low information environment. We, we touched on that a little bit, you know, with the lack of a lot of news coverage in Poway on what's going on. And then you have just nothing but you know being bombarded with all, with all these different mailers and text messages and Facebook ads and Twitter ads or whatever it is. Um, yeah, it's it's overwhelming. Well, it's it's you know even beyond Poway. I mean, you know, television ads are just bananas right now right. with uh, with ads <laughs> as they always are. Yeah. But yeah, I think you know the average Powegian is busy. With their family, their career, getting their kid to soccer practice or piano recital, you know, they aren't spending a lot of time working through the detail of this. They're probably getting bombarded. They're like, what's going on? All this Poway, you know, candidates is all loading up my Facebook feed. Um, But they really probably have no idea what's going on behind the curtain and and some of the numbers that you shared. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, Poway... um, and I suspect like a lot of, of suburbs that are not, you know, I think once you hit a certain size, right, you know, there are cities that hit 100,000, 150,000 and it it just kind of – it bumps up the the media coverage and, you know, the willingness of, um, you know, network news and, and, you know, even the San Diego Union Tribune, you know, wanting to cover what's going on in that city. Um, but when you're a smaller suburban city like Poway – there's not, you know, Union Tribune, you know, they, they occasionally in their, their local section on Sunday might have a, a an article that they reprinted from the Pomerado Chieftain, you mm-hmm. know, Pomerado News. Um, the Chieftain, you know, like I think all community papers throughout the country has, you know, they've, they've lost advertising dollars. They lost classified dollars. They've pared down staff. You know, I, I really feel for the staff there and how much work they do trying to cover just – just the basics of what was said at city council meetings, school board meetings, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's not a lot of time and money there to actually, you know, there wouldn't be any time and money, you know, to do this sort of analysis that you know we're talking about with numbers and to to trace back. Well, where's all this money coming from? And um, or even to you know to look behind, look below the surface of some of these things that are said, you know, at city council meetings, you know, beyond just sort of reporting this was said. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think this is going on all across America, right? I mean, the, yeah. the local news coverage, they're either going under or they're getting gobbled up by larger newspapers. And yeah. and then a lot of local news coverage is kind of like this or kind of like uh, online with like Voice of San Diego. And right. a lot of this is going digital. Um, but, yeah, to your point, yeah, the, the the chieftain staff, you know, it used to be that they would endorse candidates. 
Yeah. Just like the San Diego Union Tribune does. And the UT generally does a pretty thorough job vetting mm-hmm. the candidates, sitting them down right. for a long form interview. And they do their due diligence. But I think it was starting in 2014 that the chieftains stopped doing mm-hmm. endorsements. Maybe they just didn't have a, the the time and the bandwidth right. to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, the, the editorial section of the chieftain uh, and, you know, I, I used to write you know, for them occasionally when I had time um, and had a column, you know, that they try to to make sure that there's community discussion and, and viewpoints. Um, you know, and a lot of times it does have to do with political situations, you know, that are going on or what's going on at City Hall. Um, but even that has, one, it seems like it's slowed down a bit. You know, it seems like there, there will be weeks where there just isn't much of an editorial section or, you know, no – Letters to the editor, um, but also, you know, I think that they are are feeling the effects of, of technology and the fact that people are having these conversations on Facebook, uh, and you know, for better or for worse, right? I mean, it sort of it makes it a little bit easier to have those conversations and, and brings more people into the fold. But then there's also these, you know, these kind of silos, right? And uh, <clears throat> you know, you've got just a handful of of Poway specific Facebook groups. Where people are talking about community issues, a number of these groups have decided that eh, politics is just too, um, you know, it's too much of a hot point. It's it's too much, uh, you know, um, arguing online. So they're not going to they're not going to allow political mm-hmm. conversations. And so now, you know, we're left with just a couple venues, uh, you know, that are run by people who have you know a certain viewpoint or other. And, and so it's not it's not the community forum. They think. You know, originally, the, like the paper was intended to be or used to, you know, that. Well, I used to always look forward to the letters to the editor yeah, section. Right. And that was kind of before social media was a thing yeah. because you, you'd hear from regular people and right. what was kind of getting them all hot and bothered. Um, and sometimes the letters to the editor, at least online, I don't look at the print version. They'll go like two or three weeks without any letters to the editor published. Right. Yeah. But I think, again, it is technology. Yeah. So, um, again, it just to, just for the audience, if you're watching, just, uh, you know, we welcome your thoughts and comments. we got a couple of – I think Pete Neal has been chiming in on a few things. Okay. So I want to make sure he gets some uh, some time here. And let's uh, let's take a look at what sure. he said. Um, and he says, Pete, you know, thank you, Amit. I greatly appreciate your organizational skills. Thank you, Pete. Um, and then he goes on th- – Goes on to say, thank you, John, for asking that question. That is a key question. I think that was the out-of-town versus in-town uh, conversation. Okay, yeah. Um, and then here's a question that Pete has. It says, Amit, would you be willing to not just endorse and support a candidate, but would you also be willing to validate the truthfulness of a candidate's printed statements? I'm not sure I'm following completely. Um, so, you know, I mean – as the president of the Power Democratic Club, um, and maybe I should maybe elaborate on that a little bit, uh, you know, we, we endorse candidates and the way that we do that is a vote, right? And so we, we invite candidates in, um, we, we listen to them, we give them time to speak, we, we ask them questions and then um, we ask the candidates to, to leave, to step outside or, you know, um, and the membership, uh, the voting members who are Democrats are allowed to discuss you know, and debate. And sometimes we do have, you know, some some debates about whether or not to endorse someone. Um, and there have been years where we haven't endorsed people in certain races. And then when we, you know, when we do make an endorsement, you know, um, that is what I'm representing. That's what the club is representing. And we, we give that endorsement up to um, 
the San Diego County Democratic Party. So we are – we're chartered by the County Democratic Party in that as long as we follow certain rules, um, the County Democratic, County Democratic Party will actually take our endorsements of our local races into account. Mm-hmm. And so when you end up with you – know, if you don't mind you know, me mm-hmm. holding that up to anybody who's, who's watching, you know, this is our, our San Diego County Democratic Party – there you go uh, mm-hmm. – you know, voter guide that – gets handed out to um, you know, Democrats and MPPs who are interested. Um, and so this, you know, this has a number of Poway candidates on it, you know, Delta Sparza for mayor. Um, it's got our endorsement of Hiram Soto for District 1 city council member, Kevin Juza for District 3, and Frieda Brunzel for um, PUSD school board, Area B. And, and so you know, those, are, those are all endorsements that the membership's making. That's not, that's not me making that endorsement. Um, in fact, I often try to, you know, as a person moderating the meetings, try to be as neutral as possible when I'm moderating the meeting. I don't want to try to steer the membership towards, you know, my favored candidate um, or away from a candidate that I have concerns with. You know, and and I will often vote last if I can, um, if I am going to vote, just to make sure that my vote doesn't yeah. influence people as well. So. Um, will I? You know, would I validate the truthfulness? You know, I. I would love for there to be within Poway and, and, you know, I'm kind of alluding to this with just talking about like the newspaper and this lack of, of news in Poway and, and reporting um, and like strong, you know, funding for journalism in Poway. I would love for there to be some sort of a um, a fact check, right? You know, for somebody to, to point out, hey, <laughs> you know, this guy says that, uh, you know, he's he's for this or, or, you know, says that his opponent supports this. When, when that is absolutely not true or there's no evidence of that, um, that's, that's really yeah, difficult for you know, the Democratic Club to do as an all-volunteer organization. But we definitely try when we can. Well, plus they would say you have a perceived bias. You know? Of course. So you could – I mean people would question the objectivity right. of it. Yeah. But yeah, that would be something that the chieftain could do assuming they had unlimited time and money. Exactly. You know, and, yeah. and that would be wonderful. So um, just let's – and we got a couple more questions, and we're going to get to them. Um, but I just want to talk a little bit about your endorsed candidates. I mean, yeah. these races are fascinating, in my opinion. Um, you know, we've got an, a, an incumbent mayor who's been very strong. Um, is going on his third, uh, you know, potential term. Potential, yeah. But there's a lot of unrest in the city of Poway, and yeah. there's, um, you know, this is not going to be a, a cakewalk for him. He's going to. He has some really good challengers, yeah. and then meanwhile. There's two open seats in the city council, which really opens it up. I mean, so yeah. maybe you could share with me some of your thoughts on some of these races. Right. Yeah. No, it's – as I was saying earlier, I mean, it's exciting to watch. I mean, you know, the, the fact that the two city council seats are, are open races, you know, there's not an incumbent uh, who's sticking around and running in that race with all the advantages that that brings, especially in Poway. Um, it – you know, I think these are going to be real close races. I think, you know – and I think that's partly why there is so much – Money getting put into these races. I mean, if you know, in your political action committees, anytime you're trying to you know spend funds and deciding you know who are we going to spend this money on, you know, you have to take a look at you know well, time, energy, you know, cost effectiveness. If if there was no contest, right? If, if one candidate was clearly the winner and the other candidate just you know couldn't even you know get their campaign off the ground. This money wouldn't be flowing in uh, at the rate it is, but it, it clearly seems like in both District One and District Three, there's this belief that you know, yeah, there's there's a you know there's some 
real competitors here. There's a real challenge here. Um, so that's exciting to see. You know, mm-hmm. um, I of course you know would like to see the Democrats win in those races. You know, the Poway City Council um, has been Republican for quite a while. I think the last you know, Democrat, um, Jim Cunningham, you know, he left early, uh, which unfortunately led to you know a whole mess around appointments um, and and you know the remaining Republicans on the council were able to appoint another a fifth Republican essentially. Um, so yeah, you know I'm excited about the opportunity that we might have uh, you know some city council members, even a Democratic mayor. Uh, you know I think think the as I was saying earlier about the the change in Poway in terms of voter registrations, mm-hmm. right? You know it it may have been that ten years ago, you know with there being so many Republicans in in the city of Poway that that's that was the right uh, makeup of a city council for them, right? But Today, you know, if if half of the voters who have chosen a a preference, a party preference, are Democratic, and there are no Democrats representing them on you know city council and the mayor's spot, uh, you know, it, it it becomes a one-sided equation. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so yeah, Delta Sparza, you know, we endorsed Delta Sparza for mayor. Uh, you know, I think she is incredibly smart. Um, this is somebody who is, you know, incredibly hardworking. Um, you know, the one question that I've heard about that race, you know, people will say, well, why would somebody who has never been on city council, you know, why would their first race be for mayor? And, you know, I think it's a valid question, but I think that it – to understand that, you need to understand, you know, the the role of mayor in the city of Poway it has a big title, but we have a city manager. We You know, we pay a city manager – you know, I think close to three hundred thousand dollars to to run the city and to run the staff and to organize you know all the different departments. The mayor's role is really a vote on city council. Uh, you know, they, they get paid just a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. to because you know they're the figurehead, and so if something you know if there's a reason for um, them to to speak at a press conference, you know, they will probably be the first one who's going to speak. Um, and, and a lot of times they you know they obviously have to. Um, you know, officiate the meetings, city council meetings, things like that. But it was really intended to be just another vote on city council. In fact, um, you know, at the beginning, Poway's history, and in the beginning, the city council members would just rotate, and and the mayor every year would change. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how the school board does it to a degree, right? Within the president of the board. Exactly. Yeah, they change. You know, who the president is, or there's an opportunity to to vote a different president in. So you know, at some point that. That changed, and they decided, okay, well, the mayor should be, uh, you know, elected uh, by the people. Um, and well, that's why some cities have, I guess, what they call a strong mayor, right? Yeah, right. and then that mayor has some of the the authority of a city manager, perhaps. Exactly. Exactly. And we don't have a strong mayor, right? According to that definition. Exactly. Yeah, it's it, very interesting to me because I, I had a conversation with Delta here in the podcast mm-hmm. studio, and I agree with you. She struck me as being very, very smart. And she was a, a, a local person that wasn't happy with what was going on yeah. and decided to step up and take action. And yeah. I, I thought that was very brave of her. Right. It took a lot of courage to do that. And you think, well, this person doesn't have a whole lot of experience. But I'll tell you what, I drive around town. I see her signs everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of it is because there are candidate, are there voters that are attracted to her message. I think, to your point, the demographics of Poway have changed. Mm-hmm. And then there's a certain sentiment of, um, you know, 
you know, moving on from the incumbent that's already there, right? right. And right. wanting a change at the top. So yeah. every election, it always seemed to me that the I used to call it the old guard versus the loyal opposition, but in many ways it's Republican Democrat. Mm. It seemed like the Democrats never really had a chance to be successful, except in some rare cases like Jim Cunningham. But the world may have changed, and and we're going to find out in a few weeks. (laughs) Yeah, I mean the, you know, I look at like the San Diego County, uh, you know, the supervisor seats, Mm -hmm. and you know, for many years. The, you know that was five uh, Republicans, and uh, you know oddly for a point there they were all it was five Republicans that had all graduated from San Diego State, uh, and and you know this was sort of unchanging. They when term limits were introduced at the county level, very quickly those seats started turning over, um, and you know it's there's a Democratic majority now. Uh, I think so Jim Desmond is the only one who's left. Uh, well, I guess uh, and Joel Anderson, right? Mm-hmm. Who's, you know our supervisor. But, um, you know, it, it, to me, it, it just shows that, you know, there's a, there's a shift. There's, there's a big change, right? And in Poway, you know, that, that curve of, of just a sudden upswing in, in Democratic registration starts in 2016. So, mm. you know, what happened in 2016? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think well, we both know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, there's this Trump effect mm-hmm. that, that energized – Democrats, um, not necessarily taking away from from NPPs. You know, I think some Republicans did did shift over, but um, yeah, there's just this sort of you know energy, and, and people who may have been on the sidelines or not registered yet started registering, uh, and it's um, you know I think that's that is now apparent, just kind of you know, wherever you go in San Diego County that. There's just a different politics that didn't exist. Just, you know, now, just my understanding ago. is is that Poway voters voted more for Biden than they did for Trump in 2020. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, so in 2020, Poway went blue, right? I think every single precinct in Poway, if you look at it, the majority of voters voted for Biden. Yeah. Every precinct? Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah. It. I mean, it. It, it goes to show, you know, just how. Polarizing, you know, Trump as a figurehead of the Republican Party uh, mm-hmm. know, has been. Um, you know, I like many of our you know volunteers and members. You know, I, I knock on doors, I deliver these door hangers in, in you know my neighborhood and a couple other neighborhoods. Um, and you know, before that election, you know, I knock on doors and and I talk to people, and, and occasionally, you know, more than once, someone said to me, "Yeah, you know, I we're not we're not." Real Democrats, we just changed so that we could, you know, we could vote for Biden. <laughs> We're not real Democrats, <laughs> you know, but there are a lot of yeah. them have done that. Yeah. No question. Right. And, you know, I said, well, thank you. You know, that's that's important. Right. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's fine. You know, but down ballot, you know, and, and this has been kind of consistent in Poway is down the further down the ballot you go. Obviously, voters start to drop off. They're not as well informed about you know who they're voting for. It gets harder to decide. There's not an R and a D next to the mayor's name and the city council members' names because those are technically nonpartisan races. Um, and so uh, fewer people vote in those races. And um, you know those have, as we've seen, you know, those have gone. There's a swung for Republicans, and that's why we have you know five members uh, on, on city council and, and the mayor's seat. They're all Republican. But I think that this election could be very different. You know, I think that there has been so much um, 
so much attention paid to these races, so many signs out there. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, the Democratic Club, we're trying to do what we can uh, to make sure that, that people know about our endorsed candidates um, in a way that we hadn't in, in years past, that I think people hopefully are informed about these down-ballot races. And, mm-hmm. and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how people vote. And, and if that voter, uh, if those voter numbers drop off or if they're actually much higher than in past elections. Well, this was a question that came up in our podcast earlier this week with Ed Franklin, and we were talking about the Poway voter registration numbers. Um, and do you know what, like, what percentage of registered voters show up in Poway? I was it told is, it's pretty high. It is remarkably high. It is. It, it blows me away. Um, I want to say something like 80 percent or more, at least in the last, in the presidential election in Poway, you know, registered voters voted. Uh, and in some districts, some parts of Poway, that's even higher. I think like District 2, um, you know, they call that North Poway, right? I think it's, you know, getting close to 89 percent or 90 percent or something like that of people wow. vote. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's my neighborhood. Um, yeah, it's, it's like close to 90 percent of, of registered voters will vote. Uh, as you get, you know, into, uh, you know, what they call South Poway, right? District 2 area. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, District 4 down there. Um, it, it starts to drop off. I think it, you know, it, it's probably closer to like 70 percent. And so somewhere between that 90 and 70, you're getting like an average of but 80. But 70 is a lot. Yeah, right? it is. I it mean, is. what is a, is there a national average, do you know? Or right. like we got to be trending above it, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I, I want to say like 40 percent, but I feel like that is, is probably being generous, in, okay. in, especially in the midterm. So I don't know what the numbers are for Poway in the midterm. You know, it, it could be a little bit lower. But again, this this midterm election is going to be an odd one. I mean, we've got, you know, Prop 1 on the ballot, which is, you know, um, potentially adding the the right to an abortion and to make decisions about contraception to California's constitution could bring out a lot, you know, a lot more people, especially in California, than in any previous midterm election. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, a lot of people from both sides of the argument. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting how this all shakes out. Yeah. This is just so fascinating. And by the way, um, if Ed Franklin, if you're watching on the live stream, you were questioning what our our, <laughs> our voter um, – what's the right word? Our voter turnout, turnout. was in Poway. Yeah. And you know, he was convinced that it was really low. And I was like, no, I think it's pretty high here. Yeah, you know? I think so. So you know, thanks for sharing those numbers. Yeah. yeah. Would you mind taking a few more comments and Sounds questions? Great. Yeah. Okay. So let's see what we got here. Um, we got a number of people chiming in here. So this is um, from uh, mayoral candidate Yuri Bolin. Oh, okay. Hello, Mr. Asaravala. I am, to the best of my knowledge, the only candidate that is self-funded. I have respectfully declined several Poway residents who have offered me a donation. Uh, I believe that Yuri uh, is, you know, he's telling the truth based on on, on numbers that I've seen. Um, and yeah, I, I apologize if I insinuated otherwise, but yeah, Yuri's, um, if you look at his filings, mm-hmm. It is. It is. Um, you know, the contribution comes from Yuri Bolin, and there's nobody else on Yuri's filings. Wow. Yeah. Well, good on him. That's a man that believes in himself, <laughs> right? You know. So. Yeah. I mean, it. It sort of. You know. Are, and I think people fall on different sides of this. You know, the answer to this, but are individual contributions from people in Poway to candidates in Poway considered? Um, you know. A sign of of support and encouragement, um, you know, is is having done that campaigning work and asking for contributions and getting them 
you know, just just uh, another indicator that you are what the community wants. Um, or is it better to, you know, to be essentially purist? And, and you know, like Mr. Bolin is doing is saying, let's not even worry about who is funding me and their backgrounds and what they want and why they're funding. But let's just focus on, on spending my money on this campaign. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can see both sides to that. Oh, absolutely. I agree. I mean, I think Pete Neal did that when he ran in 2018 because they didn't want to be beholden to anybody. Sure. And they wanted to be essentially, you know, neutral yeah. when it comes to that sort of influence. Right. So um, just a few more comments here. Yeah. Um, this is from Pete Neal. He says, and yes, the whole endorsement process is pure hell for the candidate to endure. Um, but the public does not know that. Right. So. Right. Well, and so that actually brings up an interesting uh, kind of topic, which is so that I described, you know, our the Poway Democratic Club's endorsement process. Um, I assume that that is how the, you know, the like San Diego County GOP, you know, handles their endorsements as well. Um, but it it isn't necessarily how all organizations do their endorsements, right? So I don't know if the Lincoln Club has a, a similar process for how they choose who to endorse and, and you know, give out, uh, you know, spend money on. Um, the, the school board race, uh, which we haven't touched on yet, you know, Poway Federation of Teachers endorses um, the teachers union. And, you know, it's it was my understanding, and again, I haven't verified this yet, but that, um, you know, there were a couple races there where where the, I guess, you know, board members, executive board interviewed candidates and, and made a decision. But um, in the Area B race, made a decision without interviewing all the candidates. Uh, you know, so, yeah, you know, the, like, does, does the San Diego Police Officers Association, for example, right? I mean, it... Are they getting all the police officers or at least the members who, who want to be involved in the association of political activity to vote? Or is it you know the, the president of the San Diego Police Officers Association who lives in Poway deciding that this is where he's going to spend the money and, and they do that? Uh, so that's you – know, I wish that there were a, an easier way for voters to, to get all of those facts mm-hmm. and to think about it. Um, but you know, I I can assure you that that's what we're doing at the, the Poway Democratic Club. So we're trying to be, uh, you know, fair to the candidates and 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 giving the members the, the chance to make that decision. Well, you know, it, there's another um, employee group in the Poway Unified School District called PSEA, right. Poway School Employees right. Association. They endorse candidates, and they're the non-teachers in right. the district. And then um, I was, you know, a few weeks ago, Patrick Batten joined me, and he is a candidate. In area, I think it's C mm-hmm. uh, for Poway Unified, and he has gotten endorsements from a number number of trade unions, particularly mm-hmm. those in the construction sector. Mm-hmm. You know, carpenter trade mm-hmm. unions, the contractors, etc. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how there's all these different organizations. They all endorse, and to your point, are the membership really voting right. to endorse, or is it just you know a couple of people that just sort yeah. of make the decision? Right. Yeah. Um, the where was I going to go with that? The um, – I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> we'll take another question. <laughs> OK. Well, here, like Yuri Bolin has just another comment here. He goes, and just to clarify, the PAC's legal and above board or is this illegal? Ah, so, yeah. I mean as long as you are, are filing you know, and, and following the rules of, of the Fair Political Practices Commission of the state of California, um, you know, these are legal entities. Uh, you know, they are allowed to 
to raise you know essentially unlimited amounts of money and and to do independent expenditures and so that's that is the other rule right it has to be independent you know they can't just operate as a bank account for the candidates um, and they have to do the you know the filings and these are you know these are tricky they're hard to hard to do right you have to do a lot of them um, and, and you have to file in different places and so you know I mentioned earlier you can go to the city of Poway's website and look online but those are only filings relating to you know either city of Poway candidates or expenditures related to city of Poway candidates. So the San Diego Police Officers Association, for example, uh, you also would have to go to the city of San Diego's website to look at their filing database if you really want to kind of see who's donating money to the San Diego Police Officers Association. Um, you know, Community Voices, you, you can go to the city of San Diego to see where they've spent money in the city of San Diego. Uh, you know, the, the county also has their own mm-hmm. online database. So these filings can be all over the place. Um, and it's, so to aggregate them all is, is tricky. Yeah. Right. So it's not necessarily in the registrar of voters where it all comes together. Right. You got to go to every municipality, right. including the county, yeah. to get all the data. Yeah. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And then federal races are a whole separate thing. And those are actually managed by the FEC, you know, uh, Federal Elections Commission. So, you know, the, like the, you know, the congressional candidates uh, and senates and, and thing, you know, things like that are all managed by a whole def- different entity and different set of filings. Yeah, I mean, that, this is a whole topic, right? <laughs> right. Can, can money and politics <laughs> and what we need to do here. Yeah. Um, but I'll just say this is that um, I was a candidate for school board in 2014. And back then, the limit for city council and mayor was 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. But for PUSD candidates in 2014, no limit. Right. Yeah, I right. mean, someone could literally write you a check for a million dollars if they felt so inclined. <laughs> right. and, and I right. was shocked by that. Yeah. Um, be, you know, especially with all of the, you know, there's a lot of vocal concern about campaign finance issues. And this is a school board, too, you know, and it was just surprising. But I think mm-hmm. it just goes to show you how many, how much interest a lot of um, corporations have, a lot of other people have, in the case of the school board, not necessarily educational interests. They might be development interests. They Mm -hmm. might have other things going on. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, there is a development and trade interest in school boards because of bonds and Mm -hmm. infrastructure bonds in particular, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if, if a school passes an infrastructure bond and has plans to rebuild a number of you know, schools that you know there are going to be developers who want to be in on that, right? And, and they want to you know see that happen. And so, um, a lot of times they will want to to help out candidates that they feel are going to be um, favorable towards passing a bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we definitely saw that with Measure P, the most recent bond measure for right. Poway Unified. There was a lot of. Uh, contractor development interests there, yeah, which is expected. Right. I mean, it makes. Right. I mean, I'm not saying I support it, but I'm saying it's logical, right? Yeah, that the money right. would flow in that direction, right? Yeah, and, and I guess we're seeing that to a similar degree here in Poway right. with our city council races, right? Yeah, the, it is. It is logical, um, and in fact, you know, I, I would go as far as to argue that you know there is a if you're a business. You know, you want to make sure that you're doing whatever you can legally and ethically to increase your chances of, of business in the future, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is the route that that you know the United States has made available, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as an avenue. So, you know, I, I think that that is fine. What for me, what I find to be um, you know, distasteful uh, is is 
the some of the ads themselves that some of these PACs are putting out. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier, like the the Police Officers Association putting out, you know, this this you know these kind of scary ads trying to yeah. make you think that you know Hiram Soto is just this you know this radical. <laughs> um, and they're you know if we can kind of go back to that topic just for a minute, yeah. you know. Um, so I looked into that a little bit. You know what? Why are they? Um, is it just the developer money that's come into them, or is there something else going on here? Um, and it's so as far as I can tell. The and, oh, I didn't mention. And I should and again. You know, being completely open and fair here. Um, so there is a another pack, um, the Justice San Di- Justice San Diego, sponsored by uh, the Alliance San Diego Mobilization Fund. Now, Hiram Soto, um, our, our endorsed Democrat, uh, he years ago worked for Alliance San Diego. This is a nonprofit. San Diego, um, you know, works with. Immigration issues uh, and, and other justice issues. So, Justice San Diego, sponsored by Alliance San Diego. Again, as I said earlier, when they say sponsored by, that means that eighty percent or more of the funds actually came from that other organization. Mm-hmm. So, this is you know Alliance San Diego. They put in thousand um, dollars for a mailer on behalf of Hiram Soto. They put in um, you know a couple thousand dollars or a few thousand dollars uh, for canvassers, so people who go around and knock on doors uh, or drop off mailing. So. You know, a total of it looks like about five thousand dollars was what they put into this. Uh, you know, uh, for their their former employee. Uh, you know, Hiram was a communications director there. He, he left in twenty twenty. Around that time, um, Alliance San Diego and ACLU of San Diego and Imperial Counties and some other organizations um, took a look at the San Diego Police uh, Department and they did a study and they found that the San Diego Police Department was pulling over and, and sometimes arresting um, you know, black drivers, um, LGBTQ drivers um, and, and other minority groups at a higher rate uh, than, than white drivers. Um, and so you know, they put out this report and then they, they made a series of recommendations which they ended up calling the PROTECT Act that would try to correct for this. Um, well, you know, the San Diego Police Officers Association, uh, you know, is is a hundred percent against the Protect Act. They have fought, and uh, you know, they fought very hard to to keep that from passing. And it's it was it's something that the city of San Diego would you know need to consider as legislation and pass. And so they have been working very very hard against that. So it seems to me that what's happening here is that you know, okay, Alliance San Diego, this is where Hiram used to work. You know, even though he left in twenty twenty. Um, and and so they're trying to tie Hiram to you know through Alliance San Diego through his former employer to the Protect Act, and in doing so, you know, and, and trying to shut down the Protect Act from getting any traction, are are saying okay, well Hiram you know supports that, and and it's not even just a, a conversation about okay you know here's this report about our policing practices and how do we how do we you know, do we agree with this and how do we correct for this um, this discrepancy. Or potential discrepancy, but you know, it's it, it's it's gone quickly to this is all about defunding the police and all about you know taking <laughs> away um, you know police officers' rights to protect themselves and make it home safely, um, and you know obviously we want police officers to make it home safely uh, you know to their families. Obviously we we support them and we want to to um, you know especially support all the good ones out there that do great things for our community, but. Um, you know the just the the level that they they've taken it to in this particular ad 
campaign or series of ads, uh, you know, I just find to be it, – it creates a sense that all San Diego police officers are, you know, at this level, this, you know, this far um, – I'm trying to see how, how to put this. I, I guess that they're partisan, right? They're, they are – they're partisan to the right, um, you know, anti whatever ACLU of San Diego and Alliance San Diego are proposing – and you don't want to see that in your police officers, right? You, you know, when you get pulled over, you want you want to believe that that police officer, you know, is going to treat me the same whether he knows that I am or she knows that I am the president of the, the Democratic Club or not, right? <laughs> Do you know um, who I am? <laughs> but, but we, you know, we saw that um, with the sheriffs. Uh, you know, there were complaints, you know, allegations that the sheriffs were not with the protests here in Poway on the corner, especially mm-hmm. you know at the height, you know, before the twenty twenty election. You know, there were allegations that the, the sheriff's department was not taking the um, the concerns of of those who were protesting or rallying for Biden and Harris, uh, not taking those seriously, and were you know supposedly you know fist bumping the the counter protesters or the you know the the Trump supporters uh, that had kind of sort of taken over that intersection. And you know, again, you, you don't want to have that. Happen, I would think, as an association, you'd want to do whatever you can to to um, not have that appearance of partisanship. Well, yeah, I mean, because you would expect the police or the sheriff, you know, protect and to serve mm-hmm. and equality mm-hmm. under the law, right? right? Yeah, but that's a real thing. I mean, this whole driving while black, while black is, you know, that's a, a problem across America. Yeah. Um, so it is disappointing, but it is crazy that it, how this all affects a local race like right. District One and. Everything just gets so distorted, right? That there might be some granule of truth somewhere, right, right. and then they just distort, distort, yeah. distort, and then suddenly we get these these fear mongering scare right. ads. Yeah, yeah, and and you know the anatomy there is really interesting. So Carl DeMaio, um, you know, former I think San Diego City Councilman, right? And he, you know he's, he's run for San Diego City Mayor before, and um, you know now has a pack, and he's on you know KOGO as commentator. So he uh, has also been involved in, in Poway races. You know, uh, I think Brian Pepin invited him to you know do a fundraiser here in Poway um, mm-hmm. for Pepin, and, and um, like I said, he was going to be the keynote speaker. You know, at the Poway Republican Club. You know, if there was one getting put together. So Carl DeMaio, early on in the campaign, wrote an article that he got published on you know the KOGO website, and therefore it gets lots of hits and comes up in Google searches that. Definitely skewed uh, and, and tried to present Hiram, you know, in a very negative light. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I saw the article. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so this gets published. It's, it's it's obviously an opinion piece. This is not a news piece, right? This mm-hmm. is this is one person's opinion. Um, so the the San Diego Police Officers Association, you know, mailer actually cites the Carl DeMaio article, you know, as a footnote, you know, for for one of the claims that it makes. Um, then the the San Diego I think it's called San Diego News Desk. Oh yeah. <laughs> so this is yeah, I know who they are. Yes. So this is a Republican, <laughs> this is the county um, you know, GOP. They have a website called San Diego News Desk. It is not news. It is again, this is this is the county GOP publishing articles as if they're news. Um, and if you are able to go all the way down to the bottom and discern, okay, this is this is a GOP, you know, essentially a political ad. Um, Great, but I don't know. I don't think a lot of people do that based on the way I've seen these links shared around social mm-hmm. media and, and next door and stuff. But they also, you know, wrote a, 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 you know essentially a hit piece on, on Hiram Soto. 
and again, the the San Diego Police Officer Association mailer, you know, that's that's citation number two. Is this thing? <laughs> so these are not, you know, these are not like fact check journalism pieces from the San Diego Union Tribune or, or you know wherever. It's it's like a game of, of telephone where everybody in the chain has the the worst intentions possible. Oh gosh, <laughs> so you see what comes out at the end. <laughs> Um, it, you know, it's just – it's unbelievable um, how this is all shaking out. Um, we've got a couple more comments here. You want to yeah. take a few? Yeah, okay. sounds great. So let's see what we got here. Um, and where do we leave off? I think here is Chris Cruz. She says the San Diego Police Officers Association has their endorsement procedure online primarily. The president decides there is not a vote of the membership. Okay. Well, there you go. Now we know. Yeah. There you go. Um, and then Pete Neal goes on to say, I find the great circle route of funding from one pack to another and to another amazing, all caps, yeah. uh, to benefit a candidate with the outward visibility that the candidate is not involved in the process. Yeah, uh, you know, it's there are processes, you know, in fact, I think there was an article in The New York Times uh, today or yesterday about in New York. Um, you know, they there's a you know a question or investigation now being opened into whether or not a candidate um, and and a PAC that's supporting them you know were coordinating efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's you know what's tough um, you know in, in San Diego politics and I think all probably all politics is that the people who are are active and engaged end up having, you know, multiple roles over the years, right? You know, I mentioned Brian Pepin, you know, working for Kevin Faulkner, you know, in the San Diego City um, office and then becoming Lincoln Club president, um, you know, and now running in the city of Poway and the San Diego Police Officer Association uh, president lives in Poway. You know, I mean, and so you start to get like all these different connections in this sort of web. And so, um, yeah, it can be hard to sort of tease out, you know, well, I think they, is, they all have plausible deniability, yeah, right? Right. But there's still kind of like a wink-wink kind of thing right. going on, right? So because they, 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 I mean, they're operating from a similar playbook, right? I right. mean, and right. I, I mean this generally. I'm yeah. not Republican or Democrat, yeah. but PACs, candidates, they're not coordinating, right. but they have a similar agenda. Yeah. I mean, you they, they definitely have a similar agenda for sure, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, you know, it's I, – I tell – our candidates and I tell them multiple times, you know, I don't want to talk about ads with you. I don't want to hear about, you know, what you're spending your money on. I'm not going to tell you what I'm spending, you know, our money on. You know, we, we support you, we endorse you, um, but you know, we're we're independent and, and we're going to do our own thing. Not that any of them are, are you know asking or anything like that, but it's it's a good reminder, right? It's a good reminder to to be putting out there constantly that that there is there's supposed to be a separation, and I want to make sure that we're doing it. The right way, um, you know, by the law, and and I can only hope that other organizations are, are trying to do the same. Yeah, right. I understand that, yeah. uh, and good for you. I mean, yeah. you got to stay in your lane, I guess, as it says, <laughs> as they say. Right. Um, but you know what's interesting is all these distorted uh, online ads on Facebook and everything. I mean, there's been over the last what four to six years all this hysteria about. Um, fake news yeah. and about uh, policing ads and posts on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and then usually that seems to be policed more for like, say, a presidential race. Right. But little right. old Poway, I don't know if there's anyone paying attention from that point of view. Yeah. I mean, so the the you know the city of Poway and the city clerk and, and, you know, and the attorney, you know, I, I think that they 
are seeing a whole lot more filings than they they ever have in years past because you know now you've got all these different groups who are having to you know to file with the city of Poway because mm-hmm. because they're all you know, funding races or opposing races. Um, but they are you know ultimately looking at all of these filings and if there's something that is is clearly um, you know problematic, there you know it's on them to to flag that. Um, also, you know the FPPC, state of California, you know has. I think it's a commission. And so, you know, if there is a legitimate complaint that goes to them, you know, they do, I think, meet every month and they take a look at all the complaints. And, you know, but again, I've read that they have a backlog and it can be six months before they can actually, you know, investigate or, or, you know, act on a complaint. Um, And so, you know, if you're if you're a PAC, you know, you may get away with something. An election may happen and it may be several months before we realize, oh, wait, you know, that there was coordination there or. Oh, that you know, those funds should not have gone in that direction. Right. Yeah, and by that time, it's too late. Yeah. I mean, the person's been elected; you can't unwind it. <laughs> you know, right. you, you can't roll right. the clock back. Yeah, that's just fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it's it is convoluted for sure. I mean, even the filings, right? I mean, even you know, even us at the Democratic Club, right? You know, we're we're like I said, we, we don't have any paid employees. We're all trying to just make sure that we follow the lines best we can. You know, there are constant phone calls. You know. Um, City clerk, the you know the FPPC has a hotline. You know the treasurer and I are talking. The board members are you know are we doing this the right way? Is this the right thing? You know, and it's there's all sorts of filings that you have to do at different times. Some that you have to get done in 24 hours of making expenditure. Yeah, um, and so you know it. It I can see the goal and, and the benefit, and I think California you know at least is is doing its best, but. Yeah, gosh, it would be nice if there were, you know, you mentioned like just a central photo register database or something that broke this out for you. Right. right. I mean, you know, kind of in the whole spirit of public information. Yeah. But I'll tell you, when I when I was a candidate, you know, God, eight years ago, I remember going through those forms. And I'm, I was just like terrified I was going to do something wrong <laughs> right. and then suddenly right. I'd be disqualified, <laughs> right. you know, because you've really got to yeah. pay attention to that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some of these candidates, you know, they happen to have a staff. They have a campaign manager, right. maybe a finance manager that can help them out. Yeah. But there's other candidates that are just going it alone. Yeah. And they've got to carry this burden. I mean, it's tough being yeah. a candidate out there. I think so. I think mm-hmm. so. I think that, you know, um, you know, to all the candidates, you know, regardless of background and those who are you know, online tonight, I mean, putting yourself out there in the race, you know, figuring out that whole, uh, you know, morass of stuff and, and spending all your time and sometimes your own personal dollars. I mean, like that, you know, that's amazing. And I think that's great. And um, I am, you know, in awe of, of anyone who wants to be a candidate uh, and, and go through all of that. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> so. It is something, but I'll tell you what, it's so rewarding. You know, it? it's so fun. You meet so many people and it's just exciting. This is, I, I, you know, I enjoy this time of the year. Yeah. Because there's all these different people running. They all want to solve problems. They all have different agendas. Um I think when we get to election day, I'm going to be uh, probably relieved, but then disappointed, you know, because we won't have any more of this to follow. Right. Uh, but where? How many were days? We're like maybe ten or eleven days out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tuesday the eighth. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah. So, um, anyways, just for the audience, again, thank you everybody for you know been um, asking me questions and comments. You know, we're at an hour twenty-two. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but. Um, any other thoughts or comments you, you want to share in this podcast episode? Yeah. Um, I don't know. We've covered a lot. Um, can't think of anything off the top of my head at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Well, good luck to your endorsed candidates. 
Um, in fact, um, Hiram has been here in the studio. Delta has been here. Kevin has been here. Great. And Frida will be here. That's right. That's so right. she'll be here on Monday. Yeah. So I'm I'm thankful to all of them for agreeing to for have a sit down conversation. Um, you know, other candidates like um, Peter DeHoff declined. You know, so I this is open to all candidates. This this podcast because I like it to be a community forum, including you know gentlemen like you that aren't candidates but are, are kind of connected to all of this. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's great. So um, yeah. Again, thanks for coming. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. You know, like, like I said at the beginning, I mean, I, I really appreciate the service that this provides to the city of Poway. And, you know, I really hope that that as the city grows and as we start to see, you know, politics, you know, in a sense kind of grow up in Poway, <laughs> you know, as, as, the, as, you know, we start to see kind of more of what's happening nationally come into Poway, that that there are other avenues for people to learn about what's, you know, what's really happening, you know, under the surface, what's going on in the city yeah. of Poway. People don't follow the detail, yeah. and there's been a whole lot going on in the last couple of years right. that people, they, they suddenly discover what's going on when they see the construction go vertical. Yeah. Like, holy moly, what's going on around here? Right. And, but all of that, there's, there's been a tremendous amount of groundwork laid down for years leading right. up to it right. that most people are unaware of. So right. always good to share. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, good luck to the Poway Democratic endorsed candidates. Thank you. Good luck to you, and, and thanks for joining us. I mean. Hey. Thanks for having me. Okay. All right, friends. Thanks again. And, uh, oh, wait, we've got a couple more comments. Oh. You want to, want to scramble and get them in? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't in. want to leave anyone out. All no, right. So we've got a few more comments. And uh, this is from Pete Neal. And he says, guys, this podcast should have been done two months ago. Some people have voted. Sure. Okay. And then <laughs> Yuri Boland says, shouldn't we talk about the issues of Poway? Well, we can, but we, Yuri, we've been generally talking about that with the candidates. I think Amit and I, we kind of agreed we were going to go over finances and a couple of other stories. Um, Pete Neal says, uh, nonpartisan election, Yuri, this guy is partisan. Okay. Well, yeah, you are, (laughs) but you're a very, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're very gentlemanly about it. So, which is good. (laughs) And I, I appreciate that because you're, you're not here trying to raise a firestorm. I mean, you're very smooth and, 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 uh. I like you. I like your the way you lead your organization. <laughs> Thank you. Say that. Thank you. Okay, and then Yuri Bolin goes on to say the whole podcast was about Pepin. Well, well parts right. of it were, parts of it weren't. Well, anyways. Yeah. I mean, thank you. Thank you, John. Okay, Appreciate we'll see you later, friends. Bye bye. Right. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a favor: subscribe and then share it with a friend, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Let's continue the conversation on social media. Go to connectwithjohnny.com to get links to our social media content, audio podcast platforms, and to sign up for our mailing list. To be a guest, read my blog, or get more information, please visit johnreillyproject.com to get started.